0: My name is Brie Castellini. I used to be a spy.
1: My name is Chris Cherry. I used to care about this bit.
0: And this is Burn Noticed, a podcast of lies, and also a weekly rewatch of the USA television masterpiece Burn Notice about Michael Weston, a spy.
1: Throughout this podcast, we will be rating each episode on whether it is... An episode of television, a great episode of television, or a great episode of Burn Notice.
0: If you want to know what complicated calculations go into these ratings, wait until the end of the episode, where we will explain them. Also, if you or anyone you know knows Jeffrey Donovan, please get in touch. You can send us questions, suggestions, compliments, and absolutely no criticism of any kind at BurnNoticedPodcast at gmail.com or to our Twitter at BurnNoticedPod.
1: So how you doing, Bree?
0: Oh, Bad. So bad. I didn't sleep at all last night. I was up with stomach pains all night, and I still feel like absolute dog shit. And uh, guess what? This episode didn't help.
1: See, this is interesting, because I feel like we had different reactions to this one.
0: Did you read through my notes?
1: I glanced at your notes.
0: Okay, I have a lot of thoughts for Mr. Jason Tracy, who definitely went through a breakup before writing this episode.
1: Yeah, that is weird. I am with you on that. But I will say like that it was just it was balance, a lot
0: for one episode. Like, it was listen, a lot. I know we're watching I mean, Burn Notice. <laughs> I know what Burn Notice is. I mean, Notice like, is. it was.
1: But also on balance, I had fun with this one.
0: I disagree. <laughs> I liked your episode, but we'll get there. I liked my
1: episode, too. We'll, we'll talk about my episode next week. But no, I think like, yeah, like, on balance, I'm going to say at the beginning, right up front, I thought this one was fun. I thought, like, the jokes that weren't misogynistic landed.
0: Oh, I don't know if I agree. I felt like every scene that Burt Reynolds was in was so awkward. Like, all of the performances seemed off. Something was weird. Somebody said well, something was, before each shot. I don't know. Well, it no, very there's not strange. like a thing.
1: Like, it's that Burt Reynolds is there. Like, and we let the cat out of the bag at the beginning. Burt Reynolds is in this episode. The whole thing about this episode is that Burt Reynolds is in this episode. I remember this episode airing. I didn't remember oh, really? anything about it. But I do remember because... Like, I'm pretty sure USA, like, plugged the shit out of it because, like... I'm sure they did. It's, like, an episode with Burt Reynolds in it. It reminds me of the episode of Archer that has Burt Reynolds in it. It made more sense in uh, Archer because they had a, it was a long-running gag that Archer liked Burt Reynolds. And the thing is that, like, yeah, he has a character, but he doesn't have a character. He's just Burt Reynolds. And so it's mm-hmm. kind of like one of those episodes of Scooby-Doo where someone famous shows up. It's like the gang in Burt Reynolds. And like, I actually think it's apt because this is definitely, and I think this is thing about Jason Tracy in general. Jason Tracy writes Burn Notice as if it's a cartoon show. <laughs> I think all of the logic makes a little bit less sense, but like there's more jokes. And like, I do think, yeah, I think most of the jokes land. I thought they were funny. Like, again. Well,
0: if you remember a joke that was funny, maybe it'll come up during the recap because I don't remember any. Maybe I remember one or two.
1: No, I remember. But Yeah, I
0: I, I miss when Jason Tracy and Craig O'Neill wrote stuff together because I feel like they were a much stronger writing team than they are solo.
1: Yeah, no, this is true. This is definitely true. I got the sense that like they were really excited that Burt Reynolds was there. And so they were like trying to have as much fun as possible because Burt Reynolds is there.
0: I guess it's coming back to me a handful of funny jokes. Like, the way that Burt Reynolds and Michael Weston deal with each other, you'll notice I'm referring to Burt Reynolds by his name, but Michael no, Weston of course. Like by his is... character name.
1: There's a bit. There's a bit towards the end of the episode where, like, spoilers, it's sort of hinted at the fact that Burt Reynolds might have Alzheimer's.
0: Yeah, that was a wild way to go out. What the it fuck? Was weird.
1: We'll get to that. But, like, there's a bit where, like, he temporarily forgets his, like, code name or whatever like, the name that we've been calling him the whole, the whole episode. And, like, well, but it I also think just kind of seemed like... Well, his
0: new name, right?
1: Or, like, his new name it- or whatever. That's right. He's got, like, a new... I don't know. I forgot because I just thought he was Burt Reynolds. I know it was Paul. Everyone kept calling him Paul. So maybe he has a different last name or whatever. But the point is that, like, I thought that Burt Reynolds had forgotten his character's name for, like, half a second. That's so how it plays because it's, like, no one cares. It's, like, it feels like Burt Reynolds saying, what's my character's name? It doesn't matter. I'm Burt Reynolds. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's all you yeah, need honestly, to know about
1: me is that I am Fred Reynolds.
0: They could have had more fun with that, in my opinion. But let's let's get into it. We, we're already the- we, this is the most talking about burn notice we've ever done before really starting our burn notice podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh,
1: normally we hate to talk about burn notice, and yet here well, we are. Some
0: some weeks more than others. Um, so this episode that we are referring to today is season four, episode seven, called "Past and Future Tense." which aired July 22nd, 2010, with Burt Reynolds. It was written by Jason Tracy and directed by our old pal Chichik. The IMDb description for this episode is that Michael helps a former Cold War spy, spoiler alert, who is Burt Reynolds, who has been targeted by Russian operatives. Meanwhile, Fee helps Jesse get a chance to speak with his old boss, uh, spoiler alert, Richard Kind, about who burned him. He's
1: back again, playing a different character.
0: Wait, had he been in? the... Okay, I wasn't sure. Has Richard Kind been in Bird Notice before as a different Richard character? Kind
1: has been in Bird Notice before. I remember because I had to do the screenshots for that one.
0: Yeah, I could have sworn that was true too. But like Richard Kind is in every TV show, so exactly. I was like, yeah, maybe no. I'm Rich- just forgetting. Maybe I'm thinking of both. Here's my
1: thing. I'm sure also, he like too. I recognized a lot of people. I re- off, Richard Kind was also in this episode, like the eventual like congressman yeah, guy congressman, that we meet. He's
0: a guy too, right? Who's like who? yeah,
1: he's in a bunch of stuff. I know him from The Wire. But he's done a bunch of stuff.
0: There's no. And such it thing almost as the feels wire, like. Chris.
1: It it almost feels like they were like getting people like no you want to be on this one Burt Reynolds is on it, <laughs> like they could get like slightly more name people because it's the Burt Reynolds episode.
0: Yeah, what do I know this guy from? He's Falcone from Gotham. So him and Richard Kinder both from Gotham. Yeah. Maybe they were pals and they stopped by. I guess Gotham didn't happen until 2014 though. No, oh, yeah. I know him from.
1: I don't know. I know him from The Wire. He's in
0: elementary. He's in Rizzoli and Isles. Oh, he comes back as oh. Bill Cowley. This congressman comes back in burn notice. Oh, my goodness. He's, he's been like in basically second... every cop show ever. So I'm yeah, sure I saw he's, him in at least a of He's such a, a cop. Jokes.
1: Like, he's like, he screams cop.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, him uh, and Jesse both have, like, serious cop face.
1: Yeah, no. Uh. Yeah, yeah he screams cop. It's also randomly an episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. He's not a cop there, but like... <laughs> he's not a space cop. He's not a space cop, no. He might be a space terrorist. He was a one-off character. It doesn't matter.
0: It does not matter, but you know what does matter? The weeds. Let's get into them.
1: All right. We're in those weeds.
0: Yeah, and I'm already uncomfortable because I am not loving the cold open of this episode because it the basically cold open centers is around... Bad. It basically centers around Michael Fee and Jesse on the beach just, like, all taking turns, taking hits at this older woman wearing a bikini. Every single one of these characters has some some kind of comment about, like, oh, that woman shouldn't be wearing a bikini. Ugh. And, like, not only that, but so this woman that they're, like, just being merciless to um, from the sidelines. She's the wife of Jesse's former boss, aka Richard Kind. And Jesse wants to go talk to him, so they're like kind of staking out the hotel he's at and like the beach outside. And we transition from the three of them on the beach being absolutely horrendous to this poor woman to uh, Richard Kind in the bar with Michael saying, "Well, if my wife looked like that, I know where I'd be." And that's how they right? find Richard yeah, Kind. They're so like, "Man, awful. if I had an ugly fucking wife, where would I go?" To and, the like, bar.
1: She gets nothing. Like she. Never gets a moment.
0: Like I she doesn't was have like, a single line. She doesn't get a line. Like that's the thing is that like she's just a prop in the background that people are horrible to multiple I know, times. This episode it's so weird. It's like just fucked up. Jason Tracy was like going through a divorce or somebody had just broken his heart. Like something's up because this is a lot all at once. It's a lot.
1: Maybe it's Burt really Reynolds
0: pitched some stuff. That seems like. Oh like I don't know anything about Burt Reynolds, but he is like an old style like sex guy. I assume this is some of his influence. Do <laughs> you know how some people are old style sex guys, Chris? Burt
1: Reynolds, old style sex guy. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my fucking God. I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway.
0: Yeah. So Richard Kine's name is Marv in the episode because that's the only name Richard, Richard Kine could have that is not Richard Kine. He's got real strong Marv vibes. He does. Um Michael makes the approach and asks for Marv's help tracking down what bank failed to get heisted and any other details to help with their investigation. I don't know. Apparently somebody tried to break into a bank and we know about this, but we don't know who it was or what bank. Uh, Marv says no and leaves presumably to make love to his terrible wife. We all hate because she decided to be older and in a bikini on the beach. As Marv leaves in a huff, the gang minus Sam clocks a Russian wet work team who smuggled some guns past airport security. We can assume based on the types of bags that they're holding at the hotel. They decide to kidnap yeah, they have one like of a them. Camera or something or like a camera. Yeah, it's bang. like it's a telephoto lens that they can smuggle a particular kind of like illegal silencer in. Yeah, something. something like so that. Michael yeah. is immediately like, "This right, is wait. about me. They're gonna this kill is the me." The thing oh, my about God.
1: this. Um, <laughs> This hotel, and the reason that they're there, and the reason that Richard Kind well, is
0: there, because the well, yeah, convention guess, again.
1: <laughs> because it is yet another year for the international spy convention, and yeah, like I
0: can't believe we've set a second episode at this fucking thing.
1: I feel like no, I feel like this is the third. I feel like we've benched the spy convention another. Time. Oh,
0: we have because last time it was. Michael basically just walked into the spy convention and started like loudly rustling through papers. And then oh, everyone yeah, like, was, that was, was the immediately like, you're being very suspicious. Leave, please. That
1: was the first time. I feel like there was another time.
0: I don't think so. I think there's only been two. I
1: thought there was three. And I got excited for a second before, because I knew nothing about this episode going in. I think I saw Burt Reynolds' name in the like credits. And I was like, oh, this is the Burt Reynolds one. But like, it takes a bit to get names through credits. And so I think for a while... I was. I thought maybe that this whole thing was they're going to have to do something totally at the spy convention. And I was really excited about that. And that's not what happened. Yeah,
0: because I want to learn what the fuck the spy convention exactly. is.
1: Exactly. I think the spy convention would be a great thing that they would have to stay at. Imagine if they had to do a thing at the spy convention. Like, the spy convention's great. Like... <laughs> it's a spy, I hate, I hate convention. The spy convention
0: every time the spy convention comes to town i get mad no. because it's so, so it sounds so stupid and they never do anything with it except for no there's a spy convention luckily right. every spy we need to see this week is going like, to be at that's the spy great, convention though
1: like the idea of a spy <laughs> convention is so good because like yeah like they're gonna go like uh, there's like panels and there's like a thing oh my god like there needs to be like you need to go to the spy convention like
0: You know, what would be funny is if Chuck Finley gets invited to the spy convention as Chuck Finley, because like the the story of Chuck Finley is so strong that people don't realize it's just Sam Axe. And then Chuck Finley does like a talk at the spy convention. But the thing is that people know
1: who Sam Axe is, right? No, no, no. So they would have to hire an actor. To beat oh, Chuck Oh, Finley. and
0: Sam will be so mad because he's like, no, you're not doing it right. No, you have to have yeah, a little no, more he swagger. Would have to, like
1: train the actor to beat <laughs> Chuck Finley. I don't know why you're against the spy convention. This well,
0: is- now I'm not because we came up with a good idea for it. But mostly I'm against the spy <laughs> uh, convention because it seems way too convenient. It's like,
1: it's a spy convention. I don't know. I don't know how the, f- the, the word spy convention... Don't just light up something in your brain. like Because it's so,
0: it's like, it's one of those things about Burnish that's like, it's a silly thing that they've done, but they don't do enough silly things with it for me to forgive them. Because like, there's a, like in shows like this, especially shows that have the capacity to have like a lot more levity than you might expect. You know, there are two directions that you can go with something. You can go like, fully straight lace and just, like, treat something really seriously and, like, have it make sense and have, like, plot, you know, relationships and blah, 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 blah. Or you could make it very silly and be, you know, take the psych approach, basically, where everyone's constantly, like, meta-episoding the whole time. Yeah. Where they're, like, breaking the fourth wall and stuff. Notice sits somewhere in the middle. Where they don't fully take anything seriously enough to actually make it make sense in their stupid plot. But they also don't go so far to the comic and silliness, even in the more, like, comedic episodes, for me to forgive them. They just, like, are sloppy. They're just a bunch of messy benches. I mean, that's valid. But the thing
1: is that, like, I here's the thing. I want this to be a show with a spy convention. Like, if the choice is that the show is, like, Law & Order or Psych, I would rather it be Psych.
0: Well, yes, obviously.
1: So, like, I'm like, I want them to just like take it up and out. And the thing is that like they can't make it too silly, like because again, that's just the way that they have decided to be. But like, they can be like, but they 20% don't even reference the spy convention that much. Are.
0: No, yeah, they don't. They, they, they can should. be, like, and that's my point. Is that like I'm not going to give them credit for having a spy convention in their show when they do absolutely fuck all with it.
1: But I'm not going to like hate the spy convention.
0: Okay, well, that's your choice, but this is America, and for right now, it is a free country for me, specifically a white woman. So I'm going to take that freedom to hate the spy convention and burn notice. I I understand. Until such time as they have earned it. I need you to understand
1: that it sounds to me like you hate fun.
0: <laughs> i mean i do hate fun but for completely different reasons anyways so michael immediately clocks this russian wet work team and it's like this must be about me they're here to kill me we have to get them um and everyone's like okay i guess we'll kidnap one of the the weaker links and then they see a guy preening in like every reflective surface i don't remember he comes this across. being that much of them so things, they well, like, they literally say well we got so we'll 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 grab one of them to see what's up what about pretty boy over here and the, then we see him oh, yeah, green that's right, in like that. two different Again, reflective like, surfaces yeah it's like so we really hate people who shouldn't be feminine acting feminine this week huh
1: femininity outside of any bounds that the show wants it to be yeah. This one woman is not being feminine enough. This man is being too feminine.
0: Well, I think I would argue that she's being too feminine, too, because they're basically like, you should be covering up your body. We don't want to see it.
1: Well, yeah, but no, because they have a very, women should be pretty. Men should not be pretty. This is Yes, the, basically. Like, this is the thing that they are sort of like holding up and enforcing. This man cares about being pretty. He should not. This woman doesn't care about being pretty. She should.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I'll give you that one. So in order to kidnap this pretty boy, uh, Fiona just sort of manifests a massive set of matching luggage that they use both to box him out of the elevator with his friends and then later to carry him out of the place once they've like accosted him in a different elevator. Where the fuck did she get these fucking like perfectly matched set of luggage. Did they come with the luggage? Did they just have it already on hand like I think maybe we'll need the luggage. luggage.
1: Here's the thing though.
0: How did they steal that much luggage? Like very ostentatious luggage that is matching set and do it in she the lobby the of the fucking hotel.
1: Fee got the luggage from the same place that Bugs Bunny gets mallets.
0: No, this is not Sam and Pat. In Sam and Pat this would make sense because nothing has to make sense except for what we're literally saying at that moment.
1: I here's the thing. They could have would you want it? Like, we could have had a scene in which they go and stole some luggage, but like, that would have why?
0: Because it would have made more sense. So, like, also, got I like seeing from them somewhere. do capers.
1: They got luggage from somewhere. It's like...
0: What I like about Burn Notice is when we get to see the sausage get made. We didn't get to see the sausage get made here. And it, like, feels very strange that they... they All of a sudden, that they have manifested luggage and also emptied out one of the bigger ones well enough that, like, there's enough space for a full man.
1: And, like... And they did this
0: in the time it took the Russian guys who had just gotten there to get into the hotel elevator and upstairs to their room. Because that's the other thing. It's like, this happens very quickly. Basically, they pull this together in like 30 seconds.
1: Okay, see, this is going to be the fundamental disagreement about the episode, which is that I am perfectly fine with this episode being a cartoon.
0: I am not. Internal Wait. consistency matters to me. Moving on, so they they kill. The, I mean, I don't think don't it's like. Him.
1: I think the episode is consistent within itself.
0: At the beginning, I agree to disagree.
1: If it starts off working a cartoon logic and sort of keeps having cartoon logic the entire episode, that's fine.
0: Well, I'm glad you had fun. So uh, the they they capture Pretty Boy in the in the elevator and they bring him out. And the cold open is over. After the cold open, we replace Jesse with Sam. And Sam is psyched as hell to get to interrogate somebody. And not just to interrogate anybody to it, but to interrogate somebody Russian. Because as we know, Sam loves torture. But he especially loves torture for bad guys. And who's a bad guy? Russians. Yeah. Um, well, the he's, first like probably, thing-
1: he's like Cold War era.
0: Yeah. Uh, the first thing that Sam does after arguing with Fee about like who gets to be the baddest cop, et cetera, et cetera is Sam basically walks up to this guy, asks him his name, and is like, Alexi, It's a pretty yeah. girly name for a Russian exactly. spy." And I'm like, "My God, JC. Jason, who tr- who hurt you? Are you okay?"
1: Yeah, I do. Like, what I do like about this scene, though,
0: literally three different things in the first like four minutes of *Burn Notice*. What is happening, guys?
1: Yeah. I do like this scene, though, overall, because and really? I like the way that they all decide the kind of person that they're going to be. And they have, like, they all have roles and it's like, there's like a joke about, like, good cop, bad cop and badder cop. And, like, I love the way that Michael, like, decides immediately the play is that he is famous and he says, I'm famous. Like, that's the play. Well, he does I'm that, famous. I
0: think two to three times. I think he does it three times this episode. Like the first time is at the hotel with Richard Kine where he's like, hi, I'm Michael Weston. Yeah, that Michael Weston. And then he does that two more times. He does it once here in this scene and the Russian guy's like, no, that's not true. Michael Weston's a a ghost story. And I do, I like that too. (laughs)
1: Like, and like playing on the fact that he's famous. I like, I like Michael in this scene being a bad guy. Like, I like Michael having fun With, like, the idea of, like... Him killing this poor
0: man's brother randomly?
1: Exactly. How do they know who
0: he is? That's so lucky. They happen to kidnap somebody that Michael Weston has killed a family member of. I
1: mean, he could also just be making it up. I mean, but the idea of, like, him playing the boogeyman is great.
0: I do like him playing the boogeyman, especially because we get to watch Michael Weston in between the boogeyman scenes, and it's like, this guy's an idiot. (laughs) Exactly. But, like, the
1: idea that, like... Because, like, there's a thing going on in this episode with, like, sort of legacy a little bit.
0: Well, it's called past and future print tense, so. Exactly, because it's, like. The legacy thing is definitely a big.
1: Yeah, because the idea is that they've got this guy who's, like, basically what Michael Weston will be when he gets old. And so. An old and sex so, like, guy,
0: is that what I called an him? An old sex,
1: yeah. Uh, I, I don't even remember what you called him, but it was really good. But like, and so,
0: and also Jesse is what Michael, uh, was before. It's sort of a three generations thing.
1: Exactly, and like, so there's this thing of like, because Burt Reynolds has like a big history, but also Michael Weston has a big history. Like, and so like the idea that like in a way both Michael Weston and Burt Reynolds are boogeymen to these guys, and like it's really fun to watch him playing that up.
0: Yeah. It's it's pretty dark, though, when Michael, like, you know, slowly and seductively lays out this really great winter he had back in 1993, where he definitely killed this guy's brother. And the guy the guy looks scared enough that it seems true, which is fucking dark, Bird Notice. Damn. But okay. Uh, and then Fee comes out with a knife, and finally, pretty boy Alexi is like, fine, I'll tell you what's going on. Um, and... What's going on is that there's an old Cold War operative that, they ha- that has resurfaced that they're going to kill. Uh, I don't think he knows that exactly yet, but he's like, All I know is that we're killing a guy named Paul Anderson who works at Banana Fish Bar, which sounds disgusting. I don't want to know what a banana fish is. So the boys are off to go see Banana Fish Bar Boy, and Fee is sent to babysit Jesse, who might be getting a little too close to finding out who burned him because Marv seemed a little sympathetic to his plight. So we get to Banana Fish Bar, and it turns out it's Burt Reynolds. What a surprise. (laughs) Burt Reynolds is in this episode. Um, But Mike. he, he's kind of suspicious the of them guy? at first. <laughs> yeah, the old sex guy. Old timey sex guy. Maybe that's what I said. Old timey sex guy. I don't, Who knows?
1: Old timey sex guy is also good. If that's not what you said earlier, I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, luckily it's recorded, so we'll remember it eventually. Oh, um, I don't but...
1: I'm not going to listen to it ever again.
0: <laughs> you used to. Anyways, uh, so Paul is suspicious of these two young whippersnappers, uh, Sam and Michael, who come to rescue him. But Michael's got such a trustworthy face. And so he tells them a little bit of his tale back in the kitchen of said banana fish bar. Something, something, a job he did in the 80s is related to a current congressman big head honcho guy who's like a featured speaker at the spy convention and something something he got drunk the other night and pissed because like he hates this dude and he kind of outed himself and now the russians know where he are because he got drunk and mad at this featured speaker head honcho guy um i wasn't super paying attention because i did not care but like that's roughly what happened yeah that's
1: basically it
0: He, so he, this guy did a bad a long time ago, and he's mad about it still, and he got a little drunk and went on the internet message boards, which I took to mean uh, 4chan, um, and then the Russians were like, look, Burt Reynolds is posting on 4chan. We got him! Finally! So they've uh, come Bert to collect. Burt is posting on
1: 4chan. Oh my god. He, real, real talk, real talk, real quick. I can look this up, but I'm gonna ask, is Burt Reynolds still alive, or did he die? No,
0: he's not. He died in 2018. Got it. Okay. R.A.P. Poor one out for Burt Reynolds. So this is the first scene where there are just some real strange acting choices that I'm noticing. Like, it feels like they're all in different scenes. Like, Michael and Sam, their line readings are all over the map. Burt Reynolds is, like, there. I don't know. It's very odd. But the Russians get to the bar, and so they all have to, like, split up and kind of take out... The guys, one at a time so that they can escape, and they do, and everything's fine. Um, Bert reluctantly has to accept help from these young whippersnappers, but they're not allowed to call him old timer anymore, which they promptly ignore and call him that for the rest of the episode. Okay. Uh, they head back to the loft, and Bert is very unhappy that he's at this gross, dingy loft, it is not up to his standards. But then he sees Fiona and he's like, you know, I could stay the night. And then Fiona and Burt Reynolds just like loudly flirt with each other while Michael Weston has his back turned to them eating a yogurt over the sink, which is like truly the most despondent Michael Weston pose I've ever seen. And it did make me laugh a lot. Like the fact that he's just eating a a yogurt over the sink as his girlfriend flirts with an old man behind him. Extremely good. I enjoy it. It is good. So their plan to get Bert out of trouble is that uh, they're going to blackmail the big honcho speaker who um, Bert has dirt on to help him get his pension back or something. And get him a new identity. So, like, basically, they're like, you need to leave. Uh, so, in order to get you some starting cash and, like, a legit new identity, we'll just get this congressman to help you. And Bert's like, yeah, I got, like, a fuck ton of. Um, blackmail materials for on on him at back at my loft at at my like nice loft where I would happily take this young lady to um so yeah let's do that and they say great Michael uh, or Fee tries to talk to Michael about Jesse because she's been clearly uncomfortable with sort of the lengths that they've been going to keep Jesse from learning too much about his own burn circumstances and um Michael's like hey not in front of Reynolds and so Fiona leaves in a huff Fee then heads to see Marv the next morning Morning at the pool, and we get yet another unflattering shot of his poor wife as yeah, a way to get Marv so to meet Fee in her room. Yeah, they bring they it back. Basically, that. they don't need to do it thing. anymore.
1: Why are they still no. doing it? I, they never need to do it. They should not he, do it.
0: No, they fully should not do it because it's wild, too. Because, like, we've got Fiona has gotten men back up to her hotel room who are married, who are engaged. Like, she can get anyone up there. She doesn't need to say, I'm hotter exactly. than your it's bad like this wife. Weird pit. Yeah, like, no, it's a bit fuck? that they commit to, and it's not even like a rule of threes thing. Like it doesn't come back to anything. It's just twice we are cruel to this poor woman. Can you imagine yeah. the fucking casting notice for this? Of like, uh, hey, I think about this shit part, all the time. Wife of Richard kind, you're gonna wear a bikini and we're gonna mock you mercilessly for it every time you're on screen. Fuck you.
1: Yeah, it's like ugh, pays a I day do Not rate. care for this.
0: Union actresses only. <laughs> like what the fuck? Burn notice. I don't have that high of standard for you guys, but like, Jesus, that's a lot for one episode. So um, she convinces Marv to come back up to her room later in the episode. And before we move away from this scene, Fee goes to meet up with Jesse in the hotel lobby because I guess he's there for some reason, even though their whole little plot doesn't happen for like, eight more scenes and they have a little scene about how Jesse needs to like maybe relax a little bit because she's watched Michael go through this process of being burned and trying to figure out what the fuck happened and she's like listen even if you get your answers what then like you have to figure out what you're gonna do next and make sure that it's you know helping people so maybe focus on that and like moving on instead of you know this obsession with the past uh, which is sort of like her way of like I wish I could tell you but I can't so I'm at least gonna try to give you good advice and Jesse's like yeah cool 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 um i'm definitely gonna murder the guy who burned me though so thanks for your advice but no thanks see it you later it didn't free.
1: it didn't seem like she was trying to do him a favor it seems like she's trying to do michael a favor like she's like trying to like get him i think
0: she was it. kind of trying to do both i mean because yeah. like she could have just been like who cares like you're free now you're with us like she could have gone all in on like it doesn't matter who gets gets you but i think she is genuinely trying to kind of bridge like she knows that they can't tell him, but also feels really bad about it. And she knows that mostly it's for Michael's benefit that they don't tell him. And so, yeah. like it she could have gone harder, and she didn't. I think she's trying to make she's trying again because, you know, remember all these conversations we had with Michael the past three seasons. She's yeah. doing that again. She's like, all right, I've got a new chance. Maybe this maybe it's pro the problem is that Michael is so old. maybe with this Jesse is young. Yeah, maybe exactly, with yeah. new Michael. And speaking of new Michael and Fiona, we'll talk about that next episode. Um, yeah. But yeah, Jesse's basically like, "No, I'm gonna, mu- I'm gonna murder this motherfucker," and Fiona's like, "All right, bye." <laughs> so then Sam attempts to get some FaceTime with Congressman Bill Cowley, the the big honcho speaker man at the spy convention, who they're getting blackmail stuff on, and he is promptly ignored. So Sam's got to call in a ringer madeline which i'm very excited about i was like hell yeah madeline i forgot about her we haven't seen her all episode we've been rude to some other older woman on the show i'm glad madeline's coming back yeah uh bert and michael and madeline's to... good in this episode madeline is good in this episode she's good in she next has some fun too.
1: i remember talking about little jokes i remember she had a joke that i liked like i don't remember what it was now but like her joke when he calls her is funny.
0: Oh yeah, the, she answers the phone and she's at like a beauty store and she's like, "Sam, would you love me less if I became an autumn, if I started using autumn colors or something like that?" And Sam's like, "I would, but less." Anyways, I need your help.
1: Yeah, that's a good scene. Like I like because I that love was Sam. funny.
0: But like, we just came off the tail of like being cruel to this older woman again. And I'm like, I, I'm not feeling charitable towards you, burn notice. I don't know. I Because like, you're I right, I that, those are some that. good jokes, but it's just, no, they're like, it's, yeah. it's a rough back and forth. It is. Like, it's so easy to just like not do that, to do anything else. We know Jason Tracy can be funny. It doesn't have to be at the expense of women who just yeah, want to wear a bikini so at the beach weird. on a vacation.
1: I don't know. It's like, bums me out. It is, yeah. This is true.
0: But yeah, so we're going to see Madeline later. I'm very excited about this. Bert and Michael then head to Bert's apartment to get that blackmail file, and Bert tries to do the, you remind me of a young me bit. But as we all know, Michael was born in a lab, fully grown, with no relation to anyone else. So nice try, Bert. But I guess that's like the theme of the episode, so we'll let it slide. Bert heads inside, and Michael uses a naked Alexei with bombs attached to him as a distraction to get Vitaly, the leader of the Russian boys, to come out and play. Tally does. Michael does his second yes, or his, I guess his third at this point. Yes, I'm the boogeyman, Michael Weston from your stories, and uh the distraction is a success. So he runs around the building to pick I up. I do Bert, like this but scene I'm... too.
1: This is a yeah,
0: fun it's, scene. Fu- it's
1: it's fun. I there's a joke. I do remember a joke being like because like there's because there's two Russians with a name and then one Russian who doesn't get a name,
0: <laughs>
1: and Michael's like. Uh, Vitaly and Alexei and that guy, like.
0: Well, what he's saying, he's 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 got a dead man trigger, so like on the bomb jacket, so he's like, you can shoot me, but then it's bye bye Alexi and bye bye Vitaly and bye bye that guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is another thing. Michael gets to Jeffrey Donovan gets to do comedy in this episode. He rarely gets and that to is do fun. Comedy. And I did like watching him do a lot of comedy in this one.
0: Yeah, he's basically like the beleaguered father in a lot of episodes with Burt Reynolds. Yeah. He's like, my son is misbehaving. Stop this. Stop this right now. I think he literally says that. It's like, Burt Reynolds is like shooting like frantically out the window and Michael Wesson is like, stop that. You have to stop that. (laughs) Anyways. Um, so the distraction works, so Michael pulls the car around for where he's supposed to meet Bert, but unfortunately, Bert is not there, so Michael has to go inside, and it turns out that Bert can't remember his safe combination, and they bicker for a little bit, and then Michael's like, okay, step aside, old man, I will do this for you, and so they construct a little thing so that Michael can safe-crack Bert Reynolds' safe, um, and they escape barely with a still-naked Alexi having been given a gun, but no pants, helping shoot at them as they drive away. Which I did enjoy. Like, this poor man is still in his underwear. They've given him a gun. Not a shirt, not pants, but they're like, if you're up and about, you can have a gun, but you have to earn your clothes back. Bert. Uh, so this this scene I thought was going to go in a very different direction because like I we are fully at the point where I don't remember Bert at at all. Like I, this is a new show to me. But so they're driving very quickly down a highway and they've like seemingly lost the bad guys for a little bit. Both windows in the charger are down. They're going very fast down a highway and Bert Reynolds is going through his blackmail file and like holding pieces of paper in one hand. And I was so sure that part of this like scene was going to be the papers were going to fly out the window and they'd have to go get them because the stupid old man can't like wait half a second for them to go inside or like roll up the windows in order to look at his blackmail. But that doesn't happen. But it just no, seems like because their windows being reckless. down. And oh, my God. I was like so sure something was going to happen with these fucking yeah. windows. And anyways, I was stressed about them. Like I get stressed whenever the windows are down. I mean, they and do throw, throw stuff out fast. the
1: windows. At one point, they they throw out a exactly and set it on fire.
0: He does. That, that was a cool scene. Yeah, Yeah. so then we basically have, like, an extended car chase where part of it is an actual car chase where Bert is, like, trying to shoot out the window and Michael's yelling at him like an unruly child. But then they all get stuck in a traffic jam, so Michael goes and, like, sneaks between the cars between him and the Russians to, like, gather supplies and fuck with them. Luckily, in front of one of the Russian spies is a boat that's being, that's, like, hitched to a truck that he unhitches, and so the boat hits them how convenient that was and then he they gather some other tools and so bert helps michael get away from them but they determine based on how easily the russians found them again that they must have satellite support and bert reynolds like what (laughs) And michael's like there's called satellites grandpa and he's like huh and he's like it's technology don't worry about it it means that they can find us again very easily um so they're like well We'll we'll deal with that later, I guess. And they head to meet up with Sam and Madeline. And Michael is not thrilled when he gets on the phone with Sam, and he's like, "Hey, I'm coming to you." Uh, and Sam's like, "Cool, don't be weird, but like your mom's here. I called her. It's fine." And Michael's like, friends. "It doesn't sound fine, but okay." Yeah, Madeline's there. So then Madeline has her little scene where she basically strong arms the congressman into going home immediately to go meet with Paul Anderson, a.k.a. Burt Reynolds. And um, her her bit is basically like, if you don't leave your security detail right now and go home, I'm going to start talking really loudly about our torrid affair in the 70s and all the grandchildren you've never met. Bye.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, no, it was great. Know.
0: The whole scene's good.
1: It's a it's good It's a good
0: scene. scene. And I love that, like, the first thing that happens with Sam, because, like, he has three other members of his team now. But, like, as soon as the congressman drives away and, like, he didn't successfully get him to talk to him, Sam's like, I need to call Madeline. He doesn't call Fee. He doesn't call Jesse. He doesn't call any of the other people on his team who are theoretically available right now. He's like, no, I I know who needs to be called, and it's got to be Madeline. Madeline's the only one for me. And I love that.
1: I love, I love that, that he's always calling
0: her in. It's really good. I'm excited that she gets to do stuff. But then that I think that's the end of Madeline. I think. Well no, she's in one more no, scene. No, she's I guess. in the
1: scene later. I like I do love the way she nopes out later.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's basically like, no, thank you. I'm leaving. Um so it, we should get to that point. So yeah. um back we after Congressman is like, fine, I'll go home. I don't feel good. Security details. Leave me alone. Uh, We go back to the original hotel, um, and Richard Kind finally makes it to Fiona's room. Unfortunately, the person he finds there is also Jesse. He grumpily agrees to get Jesse the intel on that bank job, um, and is like, I'm sorry you got such a raw deal, Jesse. And Jesse's like, thank you, Richard Kind. You should be nicer to your wife. Then we cut back to Congressman Grumpyface, who gets home for his meeting with Michael Weston and Burt Reynolds. Unfortunately, Bert's blackmail is too old, and the congressman has already gotten somebody else to take the fall for it, so it's functionally useless. And then Bert sees Red and absolutely beats the shit out of him. Madeline gets in, like, right after Bert Reynolds has beat the shit out of this congressman and is like, Guys, is what Bert the Reynolds? fuck happened? <laughs> yeah, first she says, Is that Bert Reynolds? Uh, and then she's like, uh, Is that man dead? And they're like, No, 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 he's fine. Bert just kind of lost his mind a little bit. And she's like, Well,. He is an old timey sex guy. Uh, I'm going to go. So have fun with this. And then Well, Madeline no,
1: actually goes. the way they, because like they know that the Russians are coming. And so their plan is that they're just going to let the Russians come and prove to the congressman that like shit's real and like get them on their side by letting the Russians just like come. And so they make this plan. And that's when Madeline's like, that sounds dangerous. I'm going to call a cab and what I love is that like no one like not Madeline really or not Michael even is all that concerned with Madeline's safety
0: well she's on the team now she's exactly. got so just like, she's got a good head on her shoulders. I'm
1: gonna go I don't want to do this part this sounds like work and like <laughs> all right, all
0: right. bye mom see you later it's not even like
1: it's not even like Michael being like uh, mom you have you to go to leave
0: like, it's <laughs> yeah. her
1: just like yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna split you guys got this it's, I don't want to do that
0: That's true. It it is a very funny uh, dismount for Madeline in the episode. So Madeline pieces out, and uh, then they kind of, like, set up the house so that, like, they can trap the Russians. So then there's like this spy tip when the Russians get there about how like different kinds of operatives from different countries have like different trainings. And so the Russian training is that they spread out and like all infiltrate the house at once, which is good because you know that you're, they're attacking you from all sides. But if you can make a single escape route for yourself, it's pretty easy to trap them in the house. But then it's also helped along by the fact that this Congressman's house is super easy to, like, bolt up. Like, he's got shutters on all the windows that are shut from the outdoors, and, like, it seems super easy to just trap people inside his house, which seems very convenient, but whatever. So they trap all the Russians in the house, and Michael's like... Well, he
1: he is someone who speaks at a spy convention. I guess. I guess he's got he's got a spy house.
0: He's got a spy house. Oh, of course. You're right. Why didn't he, I think but you're that? You're
1: right. Like, he should have said that. There should have been a line where it's like, well, it's a good thing you guys are in a spy house. <laughs> or, just, or like a line of like what was your talk at the spy convention gonna be and it's like oh it's about you know spy houses
0: we have got the prototype in this house oh how convenient so all the russians get trapped in the house michael has a little showdown where he's like the police are coming please throw your guns out and then in russian like the the four guys that are in the house like as they each individually throw their own guns out the window he like counts loudly and it's like all right that's only three guns. Where's the fourth Vitale? Uh, and so that happens. And so then all the Russians come out, like, backing out. And they're like, listen, we, we were sent here. Like, just because you get us doesn't mean that others won't come. Like, they're going to trade for me. I'm going to get home, no problem. And then Burt Reynolds kills Vitale. And everyone's like, whoa, Burt stop killing people and then they're like well shit the police are on their way um new plan congressman we can't blackmail you but we kind of can now so how do you want this scene to have gone down we can go with two versions of the story one of which is that burt reynolds has a bunch of blackmail on you from previously uh and you were you got the shit beat out of you by an old man or you heroically saved us from these russian operatives which story do you want if you want the second story, give this man his pension and a new identity. And the congressman is like, I do like the sound of me being a hero. So fine, you get your pension and new identity.
1: Yeah. What's wild to, to me about this is that now in the world of burn notice, a sitting congressman has been attacked by like Russian assassins. And then he killed one of them. And like, that's like a thing now. I feel mm-hmm. like that would just immediately start a war. <clears throat> I mean, but imagine though. Imagine if like fucking, you woke up one morning and it was like, yeah, a bunch of Russian assassins tried to kill Lindsey Graham, and then Lindsey Graham shot one of them.
0: That would be wild. I bet it wouldn't I mean, last more than like a day or two in the news. I cycle. mean, yeah,
1: not now. Like, but the thing. But in two thousand ten, that would have been huge. What? I also made the joke, but in two thousand ten, now that's nothing that happens every other day (laughs) but oh my god like
0: that's the thing yeah that is that is a wild thing to be in canon now
1: yeah and just it's fine
0: yep i guess it's fine uh so then we have one tiny scene where michael is helping burt reynolds like pack up his house so that he can move to vermont or wherever the fuck they're sending him and we get like old timey sex date Yeah, he goes there. And he's like, they're like talking, and then there's like a very weird moment where it seems like they're trying to imply that Burt Reynolds has like Alzheimer's. And then presumably that's why he forgot. Like the safe combination. The
1: safe combination and stuff. And like, yeah.
0: But it's like, why though? What's the point of that? We never see this man again.
1: What is. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why it's there.
0: It's a very weird sequence cuz cuz it like the scene ends with Burt Reynolds saying something to the effect of like all we have is our stories which doesn't yeah. make sense because he's literally forgetting his stories. No, that's so. that's why
1: he's saying it. That's why you he, like he's like, worried about it. Cuz he's like all i have is my stories and they're but gone. But I don't away.
0: care about this random old man who has like violent tendencies and Cuz he's,
1: he's but he's old Michael.
0: Honestly, I found this less effective than when Larry Sizemore's like I'm old Michael because at least that has like there's, like, a thing that Michael needs to do as a result. Like, I need to be a better man and make better decisions than Larry Sizemore. But, like, this guy, it's like, well, I better not get old. Like, what's the lesson if he- Burt Reynolds is old Michael? I mean, I don't know. Like, like I know you have no love for Larry Sizemore, and frankly, neither do I. But at least he's, like, trying to say something. Burt Reynolds is just there and old. Again, I think
1: it... I mean, is the argument that they're making that Jeffrey Donovan is Burt Reynolds?
0: Well, it's about, like, you you mentioned it earlier, it's about, like, legacies. Like, they're definitely trying to draw, you know, parallels between Jesse's fight to find out how he got burned, Michael's fight for how he got burned, Burt Reynolds being an old man spy. Yeah. (laughs) Like, there's they're they're drawing clear parallels, but, like, I don't get what it's about.
1: I mean, like, yeah, like, I think there's, like, the idea of, well, what's Michael going to do when he gets older? Because, like...
0: But, like, there's no ending where Burt Reynolds is like, I'm going to go open a coffee shop and have lots of sex. Like, there, he's not like, I'm glad I was a spy, but I'm glad now that I have retirement plans.
1: <laughs> I don't know either. Like, this I don't know. It was weird.
0: Yeah, it was a wild dismount for a Burt Reynolds cameo.
1: Yeah. And again, it seems like to only work on, like, a bigger sort of more metatextual level. Because, like... The idea of, like, Burt Reynolds' stories are like, ugh, fuck, what was the show that Burt Reynolds was on?
0: I have no fucking clue. I could not tell you a single thing that Burt Reynolds is from. I briefly Googled him to see if he was alive. He was not. And I saw something about him being an old-timey sex guy. And I was like, okay.
1: Yeah, no. I mean, like, he, well, he's, like, famous for, like, he's done movies. He's done a lot of things. He's very famous. Well, I, I
0: know he's famous. I know his name is Burt Reynolds, but, like, and that means something to some people. But, like, people. he was, but, like, like, on I could not show. tell you. I could not tell you what the show was.
1: He was on a show that was like, he was on a bunch of television shows, but like.
0: He was a sex symbol and icon of American culture.
1: Like, yeah, like the show is sort of arguing that like, we are in the same lineage as Burt Reynolds. Like we are now doing the thing that Burt Reynolds did when he was on television. And so it's sort of like making an argument for burn notice as like.
0: He was a sperm switchboard chief in everything you always wanted to know about sex, but were afraid to ask
1: huh oh my god anyway but like like yeah so it's sort of making an argument for itself being like we're making this kind of show we're making a Burt Reynolds kind of show that's the argument that it's making I think I don't what they haven't done in the episode and what they've done actually is made an argument against the need for a Burt Reynolds kind of show
0: yeah it I don't know what the fuck this episode is trying to do, but we have one more scene to talk about, two more scenes to talk about, um, and then we can... I guess, yeah. discuss this further, but there's nothing to discuss. This episode is nothing. They're trying to do a lot of things, but also not doing anything. It's very strange. But anyways, Fee and Richard Kind have one more meeting, and Richard Kind reveals that there's a way for them to see the person who j- burned Jesse on a security camera if they find the right access, which Fee then has to cover up, and she is not happy about. They have a quickie meeting with Jesse later. He thanks them for all their work, helping him like figure out what's going on with his life, and once he leaves, Fee slaps Michael for making her do that for him, and for him forcing them to all keep lying to jesse which is a little bit strange given that fiona is the one that introduced him to madeline and said you should live with michael's mom Fiona's like kind of the reason that they like are so close to him and i mean i guess michael was the one who told management that like he was gonna use him as a source but yeah. fiona doesn't have clean hands in this situation no, either not. So like the it, self-righteousness of the next two episodes seems a little out of character. I mean,
1: it seems in character, but it's also it seems like things that we've done before. Like, yeah, we were so hopeful that Jesse would give us new plots. And it's more like, no, we found a way for Jesse to make us repeat old plots.
0: <laughs> yeah, even more so than usual. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the episode. So the spy tip. So there are only five that I thought were even a little bit something. So I don't know, shaky standing. Number one international conferences fucking spy conferences are good cover for run-of-the-mill diplomatic spooks and black bag operatives alike one way to tell them apart is their luggage you don't bring a high-speed film camera to an event where nobody wants their picture taken unless you want to bypass the x-ray machines at the airport telephoto lenses are a great place to store the illegal silencer you're smuggling in um so i liked this in terms of like thinking about hey, if you see somebody checking into a hotel at a spy conference with a bunch of camera equipment, that should be weird to you because, like, why would somebody have cameras at a spy convention? And also, you can uh, use a telephoto lens to store a gun silencer. Like, I thought there was enough here that you could do something with.
1: And also, apparently, you can't put a high-speed film camera through an x-ray.
0: Well, as long as the film isn't in there.
1: Yeah. So like, I The, guess, like, the that's camera like, is fine. Yeah. So, like, that's, like... But that's like a thing if you want to smuggle something around an x-ray, like, put it. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I see. I, I was see sure. me about,
1: Yeah, that, that's also like a tip. Yeah. No, I think so this yeah. is fine. This is good.
0: Yeah, that's something. Uh, number two. When you are being hunted in a crowd, your biggest advantage is your your opponents can't maintain visual contact with each other. The key is to move without drawing attention to yourself. When you can, you disguise your actions as something else. When you can't, you strike, strike fast and hard. Then you calmly move for the exits and get the hell out of there. So I thought this combined with what we actually see in the episode of like what it means to, you know, disguise your actions as something else and the fact that like when you're in a crowd take advantage of the fact that they can't stay in visual contact with each other. I don't know. I thought that was an interesting tactic. yeah, I thought it was good too. Could be seen as useful. You know, pick them off one at a time. Cool. Number three. I was into that. If you need a microphone, but you only have a speaker, you don't have a problem. Both have magnets and coils that conduct sound in roughly the same way. So you can just plug a pair of headphones into a stereo's auxiliary jack and crank the volume. It's not quite good enough for karaoke, but you'll be able to hear even faint noises like the discs in a safe locking mechanism clicking into position.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, that's
0: true.
1: I used to do this the other way because I didn't have a microphone. <laughs> actually, no, I'm doing it this way, actually. Yeah. Where, like, I wanted to record things, but I didn't have a microphone. So, like, I would use uh, headphones. interesting like like, not to get good quality it was terrible quality but i just like wanted to record something really quickly i was like well i could do this interesting yeah
0: cool
1: Um, yeah so yeah no that's the thing
0: confirmed fresh Number four, as dangerous as a high-speed chase can be, there's nothing quite as treacherous as a no-speed chase. If you get pursued into bad traffic, your operating paradigm has to shift. Your car is no longer being pursued. You are. Just because your car can't move doesn't mean you can't. So this is nothing except for, like, on screen, we see what Michael is doing. And, like, fair enough, (laughs) he goes to one car and is like, perfect, they have everything I need. But I thought that, like, getting out of your car and, like, (laughs) finding people's shit and, like, the thing that they did with the blanket and the... Flare, where like Burt Reynolds throws a blanket onto the car pursuing them later, and then shoots a flare at it, causing it to like go aflame and stopping the car. I thought that was something that I wouldn't have thought to do with those pieces of materials.
1: Oh uh, no, I, yeah, I'm cool with this one too. And I was like, it
0: was, they was a didn't fun scene with it, but it was a fun they, scene. They I like the didn't idea do it of it.
1: a high speed chase in traffic, mm-hmm. a no speed chase. That's funny to me.
0: I feel like I've seen it done better in another show or movie. And I'm sure that's true because most things that have been done in burn notice have been done better, but like, yeah, there, I thought there was, there was something there and I hope to see maybe something more in the future. Who knows? All right. Number five, if it doesn't make this one, it's not a, uh, it doesn't get this point, but, uh, who knows? An all out coordinated breach has its advantages maximum force, the element of surprise, but there are drawbacks too. If everyone goes in at once, you can find yourself locked inside before you realize that your target has already left. So this being the the basically advice for someone else, like if people are doing a maximum force thing to you, if you can get out instead of just running away, you should try and trap them inside.
1: Yeah. Or if you're planning on doing a maximum force thing, then maybe you should have layers like
0: one person outside like keeping watch or something yeah there was also like a separate tip that i the that the 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 wiki considered a different tip where it like kind of laid out different kinds of operatives and their preferred fighting styles yeah yeah um that's not super useful on its own but like if you knew that like it was russians coming after you then you would already know that this is what their plan was and so that could be useful i don't know but yeah there i thought there was something here yeah i think there's something here it's fine it's fine. All right. So that's 5. So there yeah, there no, were at it. least there were at least 5 practical spy tips in this episode. Um did we use spycraft over violence to solve the weekly case? Did we? Did we solve a case? I mean, Burt Reynolds yeah. had a lot of violence. There was a lot of Burt Reynolds violence.
1: There was a lot of Burt Reynolds violence. But I mean like the ultimate case was getting Burt Reynolds like, a new identity. A new identity. And that did happen.
0: I mean, I yeah, there was some spy stuff. Like they they cornered the Russian pretty boy and yeah. they strong-armed Richard Kind calling his wife bad and the the safe cracking scene was cool and the car chase scene was inventive. Yeah.
1: But I mean like although none of that was particularly
0: spy like. I don't know. What I don't do you know think?
1: either. I I
0: don't know. Like, a lot um, happened, but I don't know if it was all spy. I mean, I guess it was. Basically, that, like, it was like Burt Reynolds really wanted to do violence and Michael Weston really wanted to do spy. Yeah. <laughs> and the episode was them in conflict.
1: Exactly. The thing is that it also kind of becomes like a, because you have Burt Reynolds, it makes you want to do Burt Reynoldsy things. And it all feels like kind of Burt Reynoldsy things. I don't know. Uh, I mean, you know what? I'm going to give it to it because I don't think it's going to make it any anyway. I like yeah.
0: Fair enough. All right. So, uh, was there an alias? No, no alias to be seen. No, I mean, um, you could make an
1: argument that Michael Weston was an alias.
0: <laughs> I think we tried to make that argument for a different thing,
1: and it didn't hold um, water. No, but yeah, there's not an alias.
0: Yeah, no, there's not a distinct alias. There were there was no fun accent work, and I am upset. Uh, were Fiona and Sam used well?
1: Were they? I don't think they did. I mean. I don't
0: think Fiona got to do all that much. She made fun of a woman for wearing a bikini twice. Um, Yeah.
1: I'm like, yeah, she got to to be upset about Jesse or whatever. I don't know. Yeah.
0: And that's always annoying. Usually when they make Fiona upset, it's like for a plot reason and not for like a Fiona reason.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. And like Sam doesn't really. Sam was
0: in like two. Yeah. Sam was in like two scenes. The most Sam
1: thing that he does is call Madeline.
0: Yeah. (laughs) exactly well and he got excited to uh torture a Russian that is true I don't know like that's no I don't think it is I don't think he really got to be peak Bruce Campbell we didn't get to see him drink beer the problem is you know
1: who is being peak Bruce Campbell in this episode who
0: Burt Reynolds Reynolds. (laughs) yeah no I I feel that yeah anytime there's like a character that takes up space Sam gets it seems like Sam gets kind of put in the back burner
1: yeah, because he's, like, the least useful of the three.
0: Yeah. And he has the the least number, or, like, the least plot relevance. Because, like, Fee yeah. and Michael have their love affair. And Jesse has his whole, like, being lied to thing. But, like, Sam just is there for the ride. Like, exactly. if Sam he's wanted so to stop, he could just take his pension and, like, enjoy his retirement. Sam's just there because he's, like, a pal. But, like, everyone else has a thing Sam, that they're doing. And Sam so is a
1: little bit Xander.
0: <laughs> Even Xander had some stuff to do. Uh, I'm just saying, like, there's no plot line with Bruce Campbell. So when no, they need not. to give space to somebody else, he's easy to take stuff away from because everyone else has something that they're going towards. But like Bruce Campbell doesn't have anything to do. He's just like, yeah.
1: sure. I'll I also hang. say this because I feel like uh, Bruce Campbell and Nicholas Brendon could play brothers in a movie.
0: Their ages are not, or comparable. like
1: uncle or some sort of generational.
0: Yeah, guy. I would, I would say uncle. Uncle is yeah, the closest. Yeah, but like I'd
1: give they're you. related or something. They have similar <laughs> vibes.
0: Interesting. I haven't watched Buffy in a while. Maybe I'll rewatch and give yeah. you my.
1: I mean, Nicholas Brennan's an asshole, and he shouldn't get work. So fuck that. But like,
0: well, maybe we could get his brother, his twin brother. Maybe his twin. Yeah, maybe his fine. twin
1: brother's fine.
0: <laughs> Anyways, uh yeah, I don't think that either Fee or Sam was used well.
1: No. With Jesse interesting enough to be a main character? I mean, like, we're moving forward a little bit more we're be- with the Jesse plot.
0: But I don't think Jesse did anything particularly groundbreaking. Like, he started off by making fun of this poor woman in her bikini. Yeah. And he kind of mopes around Richard Kind waiting for somebody to, like, yeah, give him a like, break. What does he actually do this in stuff. this episode? Yeah, he doesn't do fuck up. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, he has no relation to the Russian plot. Like, I'm pretty sure... As soon as he helps them kidnap the Alexi, he only appears to, to like, talk to Fiona in the lobby yeah, because he's of the... Yeah, he's just doing the
1: Richard Kind stuff.
0: Yeah. Also, um, yeah, so he's not interesting enough. This is not a great episode of Burn Notice. Really no, quickly, not. what happened to Kendra? Do we know what happened to Kendra? She's Did they gone, get... She's doing her...
1: Did they she's let her just... go? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Did they? I didn't kill her. I mean, maybe they got her arrested. I don't know.
0: They probably yeah, got arrested. Did, did they? Because I don't remember what happened. I don't. I was watching know, these two episodes like, and I was like, nobody mentions Kendra ever. Well did no, because her what happened She's her? done now. Well I get that, but I just don't remember that because I'm pretty sure the last time we see her is Jesse closes the door and his bros surprise him with beers and they just like have a drink outside. I
1: get I think they're just gonna chop her off at the police or something.
0: She's like the first cool bad guy we've had in a while, and like she doesn't even get like an exit.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, no, she just got, like, um, arrested. To be fair, though, like, there's nothing on paper with that character. It's mostly the performance.
0: There was more Um, on paper for her than a lot of people.
1: I mean, that's true. There's nothing on paper for most of these people.
0: Yeah, exactly. Okay, so this is not a great episode of Burn Notice. I am not going to argue that
1: this is a great episode of television.
0: I appreciate that, because I would have burned this podcast to the ground.
1: No, it's not. I do think, again, I think it's a pretty good episode of Burn Notice, the animated series. <laughs> I do think, like, I think there's genuinely a lot of really good jokes in it. And then one kind of heinous joke that they hit so many times. Yeah. Like, and if it didn't, and the thing is, it's so easy to take out that one joke. It's that, so easy. It's so and like, unnecessary. If it didn't have that one joke, like, it would be immeasurably better.
0: Yeah, even, agreed. You know, like, I mean, it still wouldn't be good. I have a lot of issues with this episode that are unrelated to like the really weird women hating stuff. But like, yeah, no, it's so that that didn't need to be there. The wife didn't even need to be a character.
1: No, she didn't. She's just never a joke. It's like so
0: fucked. Yeah, it's super fucked up. It's really annoying.
1: But yeah, no. But otherwise, like, I don't know. I do like I don't know. I just thought it was like really fun. Otherwise, like mm. everyone seems like they're having a good time. And like,
0: that's true. And there are, and, uh, yeah, like Jason Tracy does. He's a good joke writer, but like somebody is not paying attention to the, the actual like beat to beat moments of this show. I know. I mean, and I thought like continuously but I, all, I
1: thought it made sense.
0: Thematically, it was a mess. What is it about? I mean, yeah, you're right. You're but usually like, the one the that's, that's like, very what's the theme? What is it about? Yeah. but no, this, you're right. this episode more than others was like all over the place. I mean,
1: yeah, you're right. Like, I'm not, I'm just saying that I had fun.
0: Well, I'm glad you had fun. We could but, all like, use yeah, some. I'm,
1: I'm making no arguments towards this episode's greatness.
0: Canonically, for the listeners, uh, hopefully this has been made clear. The, the election hasn't happened yet. We're still in October. This episode's going to come out after the election has happened. So maybe we need fun even more than we thought we oh needed. Oh my god! It felt necessary to contextualize. <laughs> Anyways, um, I don't have anything else to say about this episode. Do you?
1: No, it's fine. Yeah, I wouldn't mind watching Burn Notice as a cartoon. (laughs) I might like it better than normal Burn Notice.
0: I don't know. I disagree. I don't like adult cartoons. I like to see people. I like I like humans. I don't. Humans do it for me. (laughs) Anyways,
1: I seem to remember you saying something different.
0: (laughs) That's true. I'm very inconsistent. One podcast host, Bree always dr- lies. One podcast host, Bree always tells the truth. Which one am I? There is nothing left to say at this point. Truly nothing left to say. Except for to thank Vincent EL for our theme music. You can find more of Vince's music at vincentel.bandcamp.com. And until next week, bye. I like cartoons.